Uh, one announcement I'd like to make is that we have a company coming in this week, and they're going to be replacing the upper windows in the sanctuary. Uh, they're going to be starting on Monday, and hopefully they'll be done uh, by either Thursday or Friday. Uh, so because of that, um, we're going to not have our midweek service at 2 p.m. this coming Wednesday. We'll resume it the following week uh, as usual. Um, but any of our evening meetings, like confirmation, choir, all of those other activities, they can still uh, proceed as normal. The Old Testament reading for this, the 19th Sunday after Pentecost, is from the fifth chapter of Isaiah. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. And he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I looked for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed, and briars and thorns shall grow up. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. And the men of Judah are his pleasant planting. And he looked for justice, but behold, bloodshed. For righteousness, but behold, an outcry. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the third chapter of Philippians. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness, under the law, blameless. Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things And count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God, In Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Hear another parable. 
There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season for fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did the same to them. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and have his inheritance. And they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. When, therefore, the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits. And the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking about them. And although they were seeking to arrest him, they feared the crowds because they held him to be a prophet. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This time of year, everywhere you turn, you see signs about harvests. Produce stands are selling the final fruits of summer. Grocery stores are selling pumpkins, a fruit that's been growing for months. And people are baking tasty treats filled with spices and fruits have been growing this past summer. The fruit of a farmer's hard work. Now is the time of the year for harvest. Right now is the perfect time to pick the fruits that have been growing. Jesus had harvest in mind today. Jesus was focused on picking fruit. Jesus was ready to come and receive what has been growing for a long time. So Jesus told the story of a man who planted a vineyard. And this man sent servants to collect the fruit that had been growing. But the people who were renting his vineyard, the ones working it, they had other plans. They beat the servants who came to gather the fruit Then these renters actually killed one of these servants. The renters then went and stoned another servant. Jesus told this parable against the Pharisees. God wasn't interested in just grapes from a vineyard. God was interested in a different fruit. God was interested in a far more eternal fruit. When Jesus came to the Pharisees, people whom God entrusted to care for his people, Jesus was looking for the fruit of faith. But instead of the fruit of faith, Jesus found people who trust in their own works to try and make them look good in the eyes of God. 
When Jesus came, he was looking for the fruit of mercy. But as hard as Jesus looked, he didn't find a lot of mercy. When Jesus came, he was looking for the fruit of love. A fruit in which people sincerely cared for one another. But love was a very hard fruit for Jesus to find. Summer's ended. Fall is here. And all around us, it's harvest time. All around us, it is the time for people to find the fruits of this past summer. But in the church, God is looking for a different fruit, a different harvest. God is looking for something much greater than just a bunch of ripe apples. In us, Jesus is looking for the fruit of faithfulness. And he finds it. He does find faith. But this fruit of faith is maybe a bit weaker than it could be. There were plenty of times this past summer when faith in God could have grown and become more lush in us. But instead, even during summer alone, there were probably so many times we stunted our faith in God. We stunted the fruit of faith's growth by saying there's just no time in the day to pray and be reminded what God has done for us. No time for scripture to read what God is always doing for us. No time to even say the Lord's Prayer before we lay our head down at night to be reminded of everything God promises us. So that fruit of faith in God, the fruit of trusting in God, it's there in us. But it may just be a bit shriveled up. Jesus comes looking for fruit in us that is eternal. He comes looking for fruits like mercy. We love it when God shows mercy to us. He forgives us all of our sins. He doesn't have to forgive, but he does forgive because that is who he is. He is merciful. So he looks for the same fruit in us, his children. He searches for the fruit of mercy that we have forgiven others, just like in Christ, God forgave us. But that fruit might be a bit hard to find in us. I'm sure it's there, but instead of the fruit of mercy being full and the size of a large grapefruit, it might be more like the size of an acorn. Our mercy that we show to others may be small and hardened. Maybe mercy was not given to others unless we first felt they deserved our mercy. Jesus comes looking for fruit, eternal fruit. Fruit that will last forever, like the fruit of love. Nothing makes us happier than to know we're loved. There's nothing greater in the world sometimes than to hear someone say, I love you, and to mean it, to really mean it. Christ is the one who shows us the greatest love by dying on a cross for us in our place. That is truly the fruit of love in its most fullness and ripeness. So Jesus comes to look for love in us, his children, and he finds it. But instead of the fruit of love being like a large, juicy orange, our love may look more like a shriveled up raisin. We may refuse to love those who don't love us back. We may choose not to love certain people. 
And sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, we may not want to love in the same way Christ loved us. Because it can be scary to love people who are enemies and may, who may just hurt us. So our fruit of love can often end up looking like a shriveled, dried up raisin. Jesus comes looking for fruit. When he came to those Pharisees, Jesus was very disappointed with what he found. When he comes here to us, I think Jesus is maybe still a bit disappointed in what he sees. I think he's probably often sad that fruit he does find. And when he finds fruit like faithfulness and mercy and love, they're probably just not as robust as they could be. So what's the solution? Just try harder? Force that fruit to come out of us better? I'm sure you can find plenty of churches that will tell you that it's all your fault. You just need to try a little bit harder. It's not what I'd say, though. For example, I am not a tree. Big surprise, but I'm not a tree. So as hard as I try, I can't stand up here and make an orange sprout out of my finger. As hard as I try, I can't make an apple spring from out of my ear. And no matter what you may think, a bunch of grapes is not going to burst forth from out of my heart. I am not a tree. And you are not a tree either. So if we are incapable of bearing edible fruit on our own, then why would we think spiritual fruit would be any different? As hard as I may try, I cannot push the fruit of faithfulness to come out of my soul. No matter how much I concentrate, I could never get the fruit of mercy to come out of my hands. No matter how hard I may want, I can't burst the fruit of love to come out of my heart. I can't produce anything on my own. And you can't produce anything on your own. But Jesus can. And Jesus does. Jesus, that great cornerstone, was rejected by the Pharisees. When they killed him on the cross, they tossed him aside, threw him on the garbage heap. They didn't think they needed Jesus at all. But Jesus is exactly what they needed. Jesus is exactly who we need. Jesus is the one who through his death on the cross and from his resurrection from the dead has created inside all of us a new life in him that does produce fruit because he produces fruit. Jesus is the one who produces the perfect fruit of faithfulness. Jesus was faithful to you, even though that meant his own life. And now in you, Jesus continues to produce faith. Jesus works in you to have you always look to God for your salvation. Jesus will perfect this fruit of faith in you. And that fruit is now yours and to have as you lean upon God every single day. Jesus himself produced the right fruit of mercy for you. 
When you saw Jesus die on a cross for the forgiveness of your sins, you see the fruit of mercy in all of its fullness. And in the Lord's Supper, you are given the fruit of mercy. And now that fruit of mercy is yours, yours to share. Jesus also showed you the greatest fruit of love. The scriptures say that there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends. And Jesus did that for you. He bore that perfect fruit for you. No one forced him. Jesus willingly died for you in your place. This fruit is yours. As you also sacrifice your life for others. Whether that sacrifice comes in time or energy or your prayers or your resources. In doing so, you reflect Christ's love. That perfect fruit to other people. There are so many fruits this season. All of them are becoming ripe. And you are given the best fruit of this season. You are given Christ himself who has prepared you to be his people. And through you, he will continue to bear fruit to this whole world. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.